Hey, nice to see you, Paula. Um, so we're starting LIT podcast. This is episode two. And one of the first ways we start is by asking people that come in looking at this piece of art. What does it say to you? Oh, let me have a look. So it says to me, different. It also says it's very unique. I'm trying to work out. Yeah, I've just put you on the what, spot. Yeah, like, I'm just really literally trying to work out it. what I'm seeing. It looks like like a, a black pepper pig. Yeah. Um, to me, but yeah, I'm trying to work out what it is. It's a, it is a. I see a dress, so it is a, a girl. I believe, but yeah, it looks like a black pepper pig. Yeah, so like that's one of the <laughs> things that we try and do. So like literally we try and just, one of the things that we're trying to do is get people to think outside the box with yes. this podcast. So, you know, art's quite subjective. So mm -hmm. it's just one of them. So that's why I was just throwing it out there. But yeah, okay. so it's a pleasure and I'm really happy that you're here. So we want to find out a little bit about you and your journey. So we want to go right back to the beginning and how it all started, okay. where you grew up, how you've got to where you've got to. Okay, thank you for having me. Yeah, Greetings. Cool. I'm glad to be here. So I was born and raised in Tulsa, South London. So I'm a South London girl. Easy. Um, so I lived in South London from until about 10. So what we would call my childhood was a bit normal till about 10. All yeah. right. So then I would say it was a bit dysfunctional. So at that time, I would not say dysfunctional, but I grew up in a home that had domestic violence. Yeah. Um, later on, it had drug abuse in the home. So from an early age, I've been very responsible. Yeah. Um, very, very responsible. So when you said that you grew up, to, you was in South London until the age of 10. Yeah, I've always been in South yeah, London. Yeah, okay, okay, but, cool. Um, grew up in Tulse Hill. Yeah, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, so I've always been very responsible from an early age. So um, where does that go? So from there, then I... Moved schools, so I went to a number of different secondary schools. So I went to about mm. three different secondary schools because of moving around as well. Um, and how was that for you? Like I said, so you're saying, like, are you saying at the age of 10, is that when you started going to different secondary schools? No, or? so my first secondary school was in Norwood, yeah. and then we moved from Tulse Hill. Yeah. Um, so my second secondary school was in Pimlico. Yeah. Then we moved again, and my final Where secondary school. Where did you go, Greycoats or something like no, that? No, I went Lillian Bailey's. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, went Lillian okay, cool. Bailey's was the final, final school. But like how that. was that? Because you're talking you said about dysfunctional and moving from different mm -hmm. schools how was that for you I feel like in the beginning I wouldn't have really really noticed I think by the time I was about 13 I started realizing because I had was responsible looking after my younger siblings um, I had a lot of responsibility where I, I had to mature from a young age mm. if that makes sense I had to mature from a young age so mm. for me there was a kind of double face sometimes so I knew what was going on at home and then in the school environment, mm. I had to act like everything was normal. So yeah. it's kind of like doubled face. Sometimes, yeah. you know, certain situations would mean that I would have to fend for myself, make sure the family had food and whether that meant shoplifting or, you know, just yeah, making sure I had my essentials yeah. as a female. That that's the kind of thing that I would have to have to go through sometimes. And at what ages what ages was that when you're saying that literally So we're talking 13, 14. Yeah. So um, you had to grow up quick. Yeah. Yeah. pretty quick yeah yeah and is it something because you know what it is i was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day you know at, at a young age you just do mm -hmm. you don't always have the language to be able to express yourself yeah. or be able to understand what's going on yeah. so you just do you just uh you roll with the punches yeah like for you is that something like what you're talking about now because i'm probably skipping ahead but is it something that's really helped you later on like within life in terms of how you are within your career and what mm -hmm. you're doing um i'd say a little bit i say even though when you say people you just do because your circumstances i've always been very um strategic in how i do things mm -hmm. so there's always been a plan and i and I, I believe like god's always been with me because there's always been a plan behind anything that i do as well mm -hmm. so that has helped me in the future i'll give you an example when one of my friends was kicked out of school and um, i remember thinking to myself you can't be at school and her mum got to that point where she's like i'm not doing anything about it and i never forget like it was in a red telephone box and yeah, i phoned up old school. yeah i phoned up um a school for you know spoke like an adult hello my daughter needs to get How back into you? school i must have been about 14 <laughs> my daughter needs to get back in school like and yeah. then she said they said okay you've got an appointment and i was like look you need mm. to get an adult to go with you now, right? Mm. But I, then she got back into school. So I've always been very mature and 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 giving, if you see, wanting to see people mm -hmm. do well as well. So, um, And is that a result of the things that you were going through? Like, because I don't, well, I'm saying for me, mm -hmm. I don't think I would think 
that far ahead or be that advanced to be yeah. able to do that at that age? Is that because of, like you said, having responsibility from a young age yeah. that made you like that? Yeah, okay. I think it's that. And I think that's just in my nature. Mm-hmm. Hence why what I do in business now, mm-hmm. it's still that type of thing, wanting to see people elevate, wanting to see people mm-hmm. um, be able to grow in their self and do mm-hmm. great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like going back, you were saying, so growing up, you went to various different schools mm-hmm. and whatnot and moved around. And you were saying, because you saw certain things at home, like what, like obviously maybe not going into too much detail, Mm -hmm. what was it that was going on at home? I think the key things are having um, a parent who was taking drugs. Yeah. So not having to have that... um, that home life that you would normally want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that allowed me where you, that allowed me to actually not have anyone. I had to be responsible for a lot of things in the home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has an impact on how you view things. You're, you As you have to grow up a lot more quicker, you, ha- mm-hmm. you know, you're taking care of home, taking care of siblings, you're going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things going on. So again, in my finals, I got kicked out of school as well when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't because I was a bad child or anything. That was just because mm-hmm. I was coming in late, had a new headmistress, just things just didn't yeah. turn out right. Yeah. But again, at 15, I enrolled myself into a college and said I was 16 and yeah. got my MVQ level two, one and two in business administration when I was 15. Yeah. So I've always had that advanced mindset that no matter what my environment is showing me, um, back then you didn't have things like role models and things like that. And I didn't have anyone that I could say, oh, auntie, you know, any particular role models, right? So for myself, it was almost like I am going to be better than what I see. If that okay. makes sense. So not being able to articulate it like that then, yeah, but I always yeah. knew I'm going to be someone or yeah. I'm going to be better than what I see or yeah. what my, my environment is not going to stop me from achieving in life. Yeah. yeah. So do you have, um, you said you have siblings. Are you the eldest or? Yes. Yeah, so I'm the eldest in, in my home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm the eldest in the home. All right. Cool. All right. So if we can carry on. So you went, yeah. you said you went and got your MVQ. So I went and got my MVQ level one and two in business administration. Mm-hmm. I also had my eldest daughter at 16 as well. So I was a teenage mum. Mm-hmm. So at okay. 16, I, yeah. I had my eldest daughter. And again, at that stage, um, I would say, what was I lacking? I was lacking that I felt that I didn't have a family around. It may have been lacking that I wanted to start my own family, lack of love and stuff like that. And I had yeah. my, my own daughter. But what I would say from that point is having another you know baby in my hand I promise that that day looking at this child as being a child as well you might be that this child is not gonna um, go through anything that I have and I made that dedication there and then to make sure that I will you know self-development self-improvement having the creating the best life that this child Mm -hmm. can have is what I was going to be doing in life yeah and like to be honest is that quite well when you're saying this to me it's like really quite well, it's mind-boggling, like just to think about some of the things that you're saying that you had to go through as a young, young person, and how, how was that like that adjustment? I suppose having a child at the age mm-hmm. of sixteen. Yeah. How was that for you? Like, what was the, mm. I don't know, what would you say the obstacles or things that mm. you went through, and maybe the things that made you stronger, the things yeah. that. I think, I think some of the, the main obstacles would have been perceptions of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I had family members like my grand would have said, yeah, to the other younger um, cousins or so, on an afala parlor. Like, so yeah, I was like yeah, the outcast, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Paula's yeah. the bad one, yeah. not, you know, that's yeah. the one you're not to follow. Um, so I think it was almost like, again, I need to prove myself. I need to prove just because I'm a, a teenage mom, um, what I've been through in life and things that people have said to me just because of, you know, knowing what my parents do, that I'm... I'm not going to, I'm going to prove them wrong. So yeah. it's almost like, you know, I am going to be able to do. Um, and then that's that's all I've done. I've just try, strive to do better, self-develop myself. And even going through life as being a child that's don't follow Paula yeah. is Paula's the first person yeah. to do many things within the family. So I'm mm-hmm. the first to do so many different things in a family nice. where the rest of the family look up to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've set examples and changed the direction of my children's life and the generations behind me as well is turned in a different direction yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So in terms of, like you say, so was you, when you had your, your eldest daughter, was you still at home or did you no, get your own No, I was, um, when I had my eldest daughter, um, when I first got pregnant, I went home, um, was living with my dad, but then I put myself into social services. Mm-hmm. 
So I was in social services for a little while before I got my own place. So I had my own place at 17. Yeah. So when you say you was in social services, what, like with your daughter, how does that yeah. work? So I was pregnant. So I bring myself yeah. to social okay. services. I put myself yeah. into care. Okay. 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 Yeah. And so I, I, for a little while, I was with a foster parent. Mm-hmm. Um, for a little while, I was in foster parent while I was pregnant. When I had Shadeen, I was there for a little while. And then... Um, I got my own place. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you, so would, from a young age, you've had your own independence. Yes, really. very. And that's something that is that something that's just followed you throughout life. Um, yeah, I would say so. Oh, okay, I would okay, say so. Okay. Yeah. But like in terms of, is your mum still around? Yeah. 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 So in terms of, as time's got on, is it? Have you tried to build a relationship or mm-hmm. is it just not been? Yeah, I, I I have tried to build a relationship. I do speak to her. We do speak, but it's not that yeah. closeness as I would have wanted to be. And I don't know if it's a fact that now she feels like, oh, I've not been there. So she's even got her own pain going through. And I understand that. Yeah. Remember, it's the woman who's birthed me. I love her. Do you get mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's always going to be my mum and I always will respect her. But at the same time, she's got her own, her own what would you say? own traumas or own things that she mm. may feel like, right, I've not been there for my girls and that mm. keeps her away as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, their own, their, their own internal embarrassment or shame that I've not been around. So no matter how much you try to pull her in, sometimes she doesn't, she mm. may not feel like I'm ready to come in. So it's all mm. in God's timing. Yeah. It's all is in it, God's timing. If that's the, if that's the plan. In terms of your siblings, is it just, is it just girls or is it, you've got any brothers? Yeah, I've got brothers. So I've got st- st- brothers on that side as well. But for my mum, there's, there's, just girls that's what I mean because it's it's interesting I know like I have a lot of conversation with my friends cousins that female and whatnot how things affect guys and how they affect women Mm -hmm. so let's look at your situation I'm sure you've worked with young people that Mm -hmm. have probably been through similar things to you what do you think the differences are in terms of the effects in terms of a woman and -hmm. in terms of as a guy Mm -hmm. so I'll just put it out there so I don't know sometimes you hear people say, oh, well, she's looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. That's a woman. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what, what's your feelings on things like that? Like, I'm talking about in terms of experience. And- yeah. And experience, I think that that's, that's the kind of thing that may happen, that you, you look for something that you've lacked. Do you know what I mean? So you may be seeking. So for myself, being a teenage mum, I wanted to start my own family because I wanted someone to love me. And mm-hmm. that was the child. Do you, do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? So that could happen. And when I, in my experience of speaking to a lot of young mums, that has been the thing that they were lacking love, that they felt they wanted to start a family. So they had someone to love them. Not mm-hmm. in all cases, but that has been a, a common theme. Um, with young boys, it may be the opposite thing as well, where they're like, you know, they have to be a bit more like straight hard yeah, face. Yeah, like yeah. I have to be out yeah. there because, you know, no one's going to disrespect me or, you know, things like that. So there's, there's a, there's, there's a whole impact that happens to with why I think it's important that we set foundations and how we understand that the impact of adults when you have a child, how they mm. are watching every move. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even the way we speak to them, what we allow them to do. A lot of young people that I do speak to that in, in the community as well that have gone in different direction. It's been the lack of the lack of why mm. they've done it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Not and I've I've spoken to kids that have been in good homes. But it's the lack of what the lack of something has led them to go down certain paths. Mm. So we have to be very mindful as well and conscious in our parenting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I'd like to express more. We need to be conscious in our parenting. Um, so, for example, I'll just give this might be a silly example. Yeah. But in my parenting, there was something I can't control what my kids listen to or watch. Yeah, or listen to because everyone loves music. But what I can do is say is when you are listening to that, that music, whatever you listen to, is it giving you a positive message or a negative message? Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you what to listen to, but I want you to decipher mm-hmm. what you're getting from whatever you're listening to mm-hmm. or watching. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this day and age, our children are growing up on telly, on YouTube. It's, it's an easy thing to put them in front of the TV. And those mm-hmm. things are feeding and teaching your kids. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be conscious about it, you need to be conscious about what is being um, fed into your child. So there's a study, for example, that says our children or children shouldn't be exposed to TV for the first two years of their life. Yeah. Not even background noise. And why is that? Because it's feeding into you. It's programming, programming you, programming mm. you into mm. your subconscious. Remember, as mm. children, you're sponges. Mm-hmm. From even the womb, you're sponging. So if your mom's, you know, calm and easy, or she, yeah. do you know what I mean? Is yeah. it aggy and the yeah. adjective like that? That yeah. that energy's feeding yeah. into into you from. I'm going, I'm going deep now. No, 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 you're not going deep. No, I 
that that energy is feeding from mm. from the womb. Mm. So yeah, so there's a study that I read that said that children shouldn't be exposed to the TV for their first two years of life. Mm -hmm. So if they're not meant to be exposed to the TV, in which nowadays it's busy, life's busy, you've got things doing in the house. Mm. So the easiest thing is to yeah, yeah, course, TV. Yeah. I look. Babies now to use an iPad from yeah, I think yeah, they're like six yeah, months yeah, yeah. now, right? Normal, normal. From in the womb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't have to use the yeah, technology. Yeah. Um, so it's about being conscious about what what we're feeding into them. What mm. are they seeing? What are they hearing? What they're experiencing? Because that's all having an impact to what they're what. That's all having an impact to their mindsets, their belief systems from very young ages. But you know when you say that about being conscious, yeah, mm -hmm. I understand that. But what about when you're not aware. Mm. So like you're saying about environment. Yeah. Like I said, there's times in life where I understand certain things now. I didn't understand it then. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the language for it. Mm -hmm. So my language was acting up in another way. Yeah. So you're saying about being conscious. What about when you're not aware? Yeah. How can you be I, conscious? I, no, I get that. But this is why we have to start somewhere and start breaking the cycle somewhere. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you weren't conscious then, but you're conscious now. So now when you start your family or if you've got a family already, you're doing mm -hmm. things in a different manner. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it starts with you. Each Every change mm -hmm. in life starts with who? Mm -hmm. You and mm -hmm. I, the person who you look What's in the mirror. Called? You for us. No, I just thought I plugged there that you for go. you. There you go. <laughs> that, that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. When you are in your best place, mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually, mm -hmm. it impacts the us. The us being your children, your family members, your peers, and ultimately the wider community. So yeah. that's why I do what I do. It. Yeah, yeah, people may not be, but it's about when you, I always believe in when you know better, you do better. Mm. But we have to start, some, some, the change has to always start with us, yeah. the person who looks in the mirror. Yeah. And, you know, that, that may be later on in life sometimes, sometimes that's earlier in life, but it has to start with, with, mm. with someone 100%. to break that cycle. So, yeah, so tell us, so, all right, you're growing up now, gone from 16 up, you're in yeah. social care, you've had your daughter yep. and whatnot. And then what was the journey? What was the journey like from then on? So the journey from there was, it's always been self-development. So I had my daughter, I went back to college again and got um, a diploma in IT at Lambeth College up in Norwood. Yeah. Um, from there, I've been working since I was 18. So I got okay. my first job when I was 18 as a, and it's back to the skills, back to mm. the skills that I learned when I was 15 as um, touch typing in my yeah. business administration. Yeah. Uh, my first job was a data entry in a major um, recruitment agency in Mayfair. Mm -hmm. So I went there for a week just to do some backlogging yeah. um, and I could type so quick where they yeah. said, do you want to, do, do you want to have a permanent job here? And I'll never forget because my first job, my job there was 11,000 pounds was my yearly salary. And that was a lot of money back then yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in the heart of the West End. So, and then from there, I just kept progressing into different roles until where I am now and, you know, actually having my own organization as well. Yeah. So yeah. my first, my first, roles were all in administration then it moved up to office manager and then I had a role in a um, government office commissioning who commissions projects and I didn't realize that there was an organization that helps the community Mm -hmm. So the, the London Development Agency was a commissioner that commissions projects, whether it's community projects, yeah. capital projects, but it was all about helping businesses or the community. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know there was an organisation yeah. out here that actually that does, does that. things like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think at that point, that's where it was for me at that point was that this is what I want to do. I want to do project management. I want to manage mm. projects like this. So I used to help. I was the administrator for the team. I used to help the project manager until I developed and was a project manager managing multi-million pound projects across the country. Yeah. yeah. What, like You know what, hearing it, like your story so far, what do you think, obviously you're saying about the things that you went through, mm -hmm. but... There's a lot of young people that probably have been through, I'm not saying the exact same thing as you, but have been through similar things and they don't tend to have that drive. I'm not mm, trying to generalise yes, and saying everyone, but some may not have that drive mm -hmm. and will fall by the wayside or get into crime and get into these other things. Mm. What, for you, because it seems like you was very certain in terms of, all right, educating myself, mm. developing myself. What do you think made you go that way and not the other way, if that makes sense? Do you know what? There's been circumstances where I'm not going to say I've, I've had friends who do different things. There's been different yeah. routes that I could have gone down. But I don't know, within me, I've never been a follower. And mm. I could have easily gone down certain routes. Statistically, mm. I should have been 
in teen in, in gangs. Yeah. I should have been on drugs. Of course, alcohol could have. And there's a circle of the what my childhood was that I should have gone down a yeah. number of routes. The one that I did go down was teenage pregnancy, and I understand why. But I've never been a follower. And mm. I've always, and I think one thing for me, if I do think back, I feel like I've never felt like I'm a victim of my environment, if that makes sense. I've never <laughs> thought of myself like, oh, poor Paula. I've mm. always thought I'm still going to achieve. Yes, I got kicked out of school, but I'm still going to get education. Yes, um, I didn't pass school, but I'm still going to go to university to prove to myself I can study at university level. Um, I'm in this role and these people are all posh and they've all educated and they speak well, but I can still do what they can do. So, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to get at. So mm. what made you like that in terms of, you know, like they say nature, nurture. Yeah. So obviously maybe it's not nurture. Yeah. You're saying you didn't have many role models. Yeah. What made you like that? What made you that fight? Because that's yeah. what it sounds like. You're just fighting and you're just like, I'm not having it. And I think, you... I think I've already mentioned it. It's always yeah. about proving that I'm still going to be someone, proving mm. that even though the environment dictated that I should be doing something else, I'm going to prove okay. that it's able to be done, that I'm going to be able to achieve what people mm. don't expect me to be able to achieve. Mm. I think that's been a bit of the driver in me that I, you know, I speak, when I go to schools and I speak to across the country or in other countries, when I, I always make it a point to go to local schools, disadvantaged schools, speak to mm. children from disadvantaged um, areas to let them know that your environment does not dictate your future. If you believe in yourself and have a dream and be able to, you know, work towards that dream, you're able to achieve it. And I think mm. that's been in me from a long, long age. Before I even understood the concepts, I've always had dreams that I'm going to do X and I've yeah. done X and I've always surpassed the goals that I've put down. Yeah. Um, so where you're saying what brings it into me I, I don't know if it's the the I always put it to God yeah. do you know what I mean I believe yeah. that God's always covering me but in me there's been a sense of whatever I put my mind to I'm going to be able to do and yeah. I know that's all you know out there now and it's just like buzzwords and things like that but for me even though I wouldn't have used those terminologies then I do believe that I've always wanted to prove that I can do Outprove okay. myself, yeah. outprove my that environment, outprove yeah. what nobody's done in a family. And again, it boils down to I'm going to try. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, I'm going to try. I'm yeah. still going to try. So, you know, some people say, you you know, failure. I don't ever believe in failure. I believe mm. in I win or I learn. And yeah. then I try again. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I think yeah. that's been the basis of... Of, yeah. of what, and, and plus having a young young child and a family now mm. um, that was an I'm the foundation I'm a part of the foundation for my daughter so mm. again that alone puts a big responsibility on my head that mm. I need to set the foundation for those who are coming behind me mm, most definitely that makes sense I'm, I'm clear <laughs> with it now so like in terms of the path that you've gone on and what's led you to here what would be what advice would you give to a young, what advice would you give to a young Paula? Mm. Someone that was going through what you went through. Mm -hmm. So a young person now, let's just say they're watching that. Yeah. What would be the advice, the steps that you would say for them to take, the advice you'd give them? One thing I would say is sometimes we look for things externally and we need to turn things in. So loving yourself is important. Mm. Um you know, understanding that you need to speak positivity to yourself. Sometimes we can't look for it externally. Sometimes we need to be that voice mm. that you need to hear to yourself sometimes. So I, I would say the steps to take is now you can look for someone that you can look as a role model. You've got YouTube now. Some people might not have the physical yeah, person, yeah, 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 Paula, yeah. Charles. Yeah. You know, you might yeah. not have the physical person, but if you find that person, whether it's in a book that you read, whether it's stuff that you're listening to online, but feed yourself with positivity. Um, mm. If you can feed yourself with things that are going to, that makes you smile, that make, lifts, lifts you up. Um, mm. And that helps you along the way as mm. well. Yeah. So for you now, is there any like resources that like, so when you're talking about, is there any resources that you've had like in terms mm -hmm. of mentors certain mm -hmm. books is there anything that you yeah I think one of the, the the key books that actually switched for me I've read when I was 22 and it was a book from Ilanda Van Zandt called In the Meantime mm -hmm. and In the Meantime was a book that was going through the different levels of your house it calls it your house but the ultimate aim of that book was loving yourself how to love yourself um, mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to let things go that are not serving you well sometimes and it may be hard but you have to let things go that are not not making you feel good about yourself um so that was one book that i that's hard though isn't it, it, it? it is like, hard like, it like, is that's hard because i think like it just that hard. in terms of like being in a relationship yeah. and like 
when you spit up, like say you might be in a toxic relationship yeah. and you're like, oh, I need to let this go. Yeah. And then you let it go, but you feel yourself keep on coming, coming back, back to it. I know. Do you and, know that, what I mean? and that was the kind of situation yeah. I was in. So it's a book that I, I read that made me start thinking, actually, because of my childhood and because of not feeling that like I might have been loved or something, I'm holding on. Mm. I'm holding on, holding on. Um, and it was about, actually, you need to love yourself and let go. And if something's mm. meant for you, it will always come back. And if it's not, then... Yeah. It was meant to, it was never yours to be in the first place. Yeah, no, Do you know what I mean? That. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Okay, <laughs> cool. So in terms of like your career, mm-hmm. so what is it like, because I, I was doing a bit of research and I saw financial analyst. Right, no. So, okay. right. So what I do is a number of things. So I run an organization called You For Us, mm-hmm. which um, is dedicated on breaking negative generational cycles. So I focus on areas of finance, parenting and education. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm also a best-selling author of a book called Black British History. We've got a second one is um, bestseller as well, mm-hmm. um, 30 Black History Icons. Uh, I teach black history as well. Yeah. Um, and I also work in prisons and schools with um, gangs and violence reductions. So the finance so element, a lot there's then. a lot going there's on, lot but going everything on. I do is about helping others, mm-hmm. elevating others, letting them see, you know, that again, your environment does not dictate your future. You're able, I believe when you've got the right, I believe when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it just needs one person to actually believe in you or say something that to make you feel like you can believe in yourself to change your life. All right. So the finance element um, is where I started because I believe that the lack of finance is the is the 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 core that leads to a lot of ills in our yeah. community. All right. So I teach people how to look at finances in a different way, managing their finances, understanding that money is not just a tool to be spent, budgeting, getting out of debt, how you can invest just so. And I teach it from a sense of what I've done myself. So, again, um, I mentioned I'm the first person to achieve many things in my family. I'm the first person to own property, first Mm. person to earn over a certain threshold, first Mm. person to have a profession. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and now yeah. I'm that little girl was like, oh, no, no, follow, follow. Yeah, 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 one of them ones. <laughs> now it's that follow yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. what i done is I wanted to, I could see that many people are are, are, are living in poverty, um, struggling. And I wanted to show them that when you've got the right tools, the right mindset, you're able to um, change change things mm. in your, just your daily environment. Mm. Um, so I started to run seminars called Stepping Towards Increased Finances, where I talked about my journey and it really inspired yeah. others to say, actually, if she can do it, yeah. so yeah, can I. Because, you know. You said, you said you're a best-selling author? Yes. A book, what's your book called? Um, Black British History. Okay. Yeah. So could you... Some well, can you tell me a little bit? No, like sum it up because that's forever going on. You can't sum it up, but like, yeah, can you just tell me a little bit about that? How that came about? about. Okay, so, um. I teach black history. I've studied under a gentleman called Robin Walker, the black history man. He's one of the um, UK's leading historians, um, scholars in the country. I studied black history underneath him. um, And then I ended up um, teaching to key stage stage three children. So that's 11, Mm -hmm. 14 um, through a Saturday school. Um, and originally it wasn't going to be a book. Mm-hmm. Originally it was content for our classes, but the information was so rich that we thought, actually, we're going to put this in a book. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in schools where other, where rather we're taught slavery or American civil civil rights, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of excuse me, there's a lot of rich history that Black people have been positively influencing British culture from a long time. So we thought, let's 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 put a book together about yeah. British history. Um, and it's the first of its kind. It's written in line with the national curriculum. It has 32 lessons in there. Oh, nice. And it all each lesson has text, sources, activity questions. So when we released it, published it, it was almost like, wow, yeah. Black British history, yeah. right? So, and it doesn't just stick to music and sports we, you know, we've we've been influenced in in um, in arts, in literature, in drama, in mm. a number of different disciplines, and we're just highlighting at how Black people have been positively influencing different um, British culture from a long time. Can so it's, get... it's modern history. So it starts from 1948, so the Windrush yeah, okay. generation forward. So I'll, I'll give you some examples. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. So um, 
many people are unaware that it's a uh, Ghanaian surgeon called Dr. Robinio who pioneered the keyhole surgery. Okay. Um, we all know who Rosa Parks is, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not many people know that there was actually a bus boycott in this country in 1963 held in Bristol. Um, so these are things that yeah, I, I didn't know. In Bristol. In okay. Bristol in 1963, yeah. um, led by a gentleman called Paul Stevenson. So it was a bus mm. company that wouldn't employ black people, even though they had jobs. Um, black and white people boycotted the bus company um, until that was overturned as well. And it was those types of things that created the first race relations acts in this country because there wasn't mm. any race relations acts in the country. Mm. So it's those types of things that created the first race relations acts in the country as well and then also the music because you know black people we love our music and mm. um, the music has also um created subcultures from the from black music as well so um scar music with the um early skinheads um the, no sorry mods yeah. reggae with the early skinheads you know punks were heavily influenced by reggae music so there's been a lot of crossover so even though the book's called black british history it's british history yeah all okay. right so okay. it helps to inspire raise aspirations of children and it also helps break negative neg negative stereotypes from other cultures as well when they start knowing the history oh, nice. nice yeah cool and you're saying about um it, your company so mm -hmm. you told me a little bit about um, what it entails and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So what does a normal, I don't know, what would be a normal week for you, like in terms okay. of the work you do? Yeah. Okay. So a normal week might be um, held of coaching calls. So having, yeah. I do one-to-one -one coaching calls. It may be me being in a school. Um, I also do personal development work in prisons as well. So I work with an organization called um, The Safety Box mm -hmm. and we go into prisons and work with young offenders mm -hmm. um, around violent reduction so that I can, my week could involve that as well. Um, and I'm also, which is new on my, well, I've been doing it for the last two years. I also got trained and qualified and trained to be a financial advisor specializing in insurance. Okay. So I educate the community about insurance. So the reason why I got involved in that is because in 2019, my younger sister had a stroke and had major brain surgery um, without any insurance. So that really shook me up. So um, I went and got trained and qualified. So I'm able to advise and give advice and guidance about insurances to the community because many of us don't have these things in place. Yeah, um, right, well, so explain, right, what the, what let insurances? me be a prospective yeah, client. All right, yeah, all right, Yeah, I don't know if the client's <laughs> yeah, the right okay. word, so yeah. So what I do is I things I, I provide advice and guidance about insurance. So things that impact your lifestyle, you're protecting things. So your income protection, critical illness cover, life insurance. I don't mm. know if you've noticed that many people are using GoFundMe pages now when um, someone passes away yeah, 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 yeah. To, to raise the money for yeah. burial costs. Um, it's about having that insurance in place for yourself that if mm -hmm. something was to happen to you that you are leaving your family members behind the ones that you love behind some form of financial security mm -hmm. yeah i get that all right so they're not having to have the burden on having to seek a GoFundMe page or yeah. having to have a loan or go into debt to be able to afford the the burial costs for example um income protection some people are self-employed yeah and yeah and self-employed in this time yeah now, in this yeah. time and if you have an accident or an illness, who's paying you? Mm -hmm. No one, because you're self-employed, right? How do we, all right, so in, so you know about that. So how do you think that's worked within this whole, because obviously this wasn't, well, no one knows. Well, mm -hmm. I don't, let me not say no one knew yeah. that was going to happen. But I'm saying in terms of insurance companies, yeah. so what would have happened, like, because some people have been furloughed. Yeah. Some people have lost their jobs yeah. and whatnot. So I'm, I would assume that they're paying out they must be paying out loads over yeah. the last year so, or so. So there's a difference. When you've got income protection, mm. th that it only goes that if you are unable to work because of an accident or illness. Okay, okay, so there's, okay. there's, there's criteria, yeah, yeah, all right? Okay. So it's an accident or illness there. Critical illness cover is something that if you were diagnosed with a critical illness, you would receive a lump sum payment that would help you focus on your health. Mm take care of outstanding bills that you may have instead of having to think about finances because you want to concentrate on your health, right? Yeah. Um, so things like critical illnesses cover things like having a, a stroke, a heart attack, anything to do with neuro, your, your major organs. A lot, I don't know if you know, but a lot more people, younger and younger, are having critical illnesses, mm. cancers, 
you know, having strokes, mm-hmm. having heart attacks a lot younger nowadays. Um, so it's about putting financial protection in place through insurance that if any of these things that happen to you, you are still able to um, maintain the lifestyle or maintain your lifestyle at the same time. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's funny because I think I was having a conversation the other day and we were talking about finance. It might have been with Nat. I don't even know, but we was having a conversation about finance and I was saying, for me personally, when you look at GCSEs and the syllabus, Mm -hmm. I'd rather... Like coming from where I'm coming from, they teach financial literacy than actually GCSE maths. Because yeah. I'm I'm thinking like Pythagoras theorem, when was the last time I used that yeah. in my life? Yeah. But like in terms of financial literacy, for me, for example, for someone like myself, I might not have had good role models. Like my parents may not have been good with finance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So how do I then learn to be better with finance? Yeah. So I don't know, what's your thoughts on that in terms of, let's say, financial literacy, GCSE yeah. maths? Yeah, well, that that's one of the key. What you've just said there is one of the key reasons why I do what I do because Mm -hmm. many of us are not taught anything about finances from the household. Mm -hmm. Um, When I go into schools and I'm teaching young people that once you start having money, even now, saving ten percent of your money, Mm -hmm. you know, paying yourself first, and they and I've had young boys say to me like miss why aren't we taught this in school yeah because they even get it like hold on a minute that lesson you've just taught me this is going to be life skills and Mm. i feel like we need to introduce a lot more life skills into the school system as well into the school syllabus as well so when i get the opportunities to go into school i do teach them about you know what is budgeting what is debt management understanding your needs and wants you know some of Mm. us are living way beyond our means and you know and and also teaching about Sometimes when you lack the finances, when you do get it, what do we do? We want to show off. We want to, we want to, you know, the perceptions yeah, out there that, yeah, everything's good. Yeah, yeah, behind, you know, you, yeah. you're driving the biggest car and yeah, putting yeah, five yeah, pound yeah, petrol yeah, in yeah, there at the petrol station. So, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. understanding that you don't have to, you can wait. Yeah. You know, it's not instant. You can, you know, there's, you can use your money to um, invest and let your profit pay for your car or your profit pay for your 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 um your lifestyle basically so getting people to change their mindset and we got a lot of negative things from our childhoods around money mm. as well so we 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 gain our money mindset our blueprint from childhood all right yeah so things that we heard when we we're young things that we saw give me an example because even when you're saying to me now i'm trying to I'm trying to think because I know I've been that guy that's yeah. just splashing, yeah. spending money. So you're saying in your childhood. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of something that we've heard that would. Okay, so there's loads of sayings. So let me ask you. Yeah. In in uh, as a child, what are, what are the type of sayings that we hear about money? So your mum might have said. I used to hear nonsense like, yeah. oh, like you know things like, yeah. Oh, yeah, my eyes itching. <laughs> like yeah. I used to hear them ones that like, <laughs> yeah. my eyes itching and yeah. like, oh, that means you're gonna get money yeah, these yeah. times. Like, yeah. no, it wasn't that. I blatantly had a stroke. Sure, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my cousin that like, telling me like, oh, you're gonna get money. That's yeah. what it means. Yeah. And then I ended up having a stroke like Bell's palsy. Right, okay. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? But that's going off okay. the subject. But so there's little things yeah. like you know you might hear money doesn't grow on trees, or mm. you might hear rich people are are selfish, or money is the root of all evil. That's that's a big. Definitely hear that one. Especially in the black community, money is the root of all evil. Now, Mm. the saying comes from my favourite book, so I don't actually say that. It says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Because when you love money, Mm. you do evil things to get it. Mm -hmm. But money is not the root of all evil. Do you understand? So can Mm. you imagine? So if you've got a load of negative negative things plugged into your subconscious mind about money, all right? Mm. Mm. How do you expect it to manifest to you, to hold it? Or when you do have it, it will just disappear from you as well. Mm. So it's about reprogramming our minds around. And even the way we speak about, I'm always broke. I've never got any money. So Mm. if that's the self prophecy that's coming off your tongue, that is what you're, you're prophesying into your life as well. Mm. Right. So things you experienced were your money, were your parents savers, were they non-savers, were they investors, were they non-investors? Was money an argument in the home or was it a joyful thing in the home? These things program you as a child that when you get up older, 99% of the time we follow how our parents manage their money. Where they just spenders, like, you know, live mm. now, just spend what you got. Um, and those are the types of things that I try to, what I teach about getting people mm. to understand that we've got a money mindset. And sometimes we, we need to reprogram that mindset. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of the times, or many of us in the community, when we're, we're used to not having, when we do have, what do we want to do? We want to show, yeah, yeah we got it. We've splash, made it. We're yeah. here. We're splashing. Yeah. The drip, drip, drip. Yeah, 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 do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I and think then, that's a new, uh, that's too new for me. <laughs> yeah, drip, yeah, drip. Yeah. I don't know about that. So everyone's everyone's yeah. on this new, you know, yeah. and when you, when you strip, 
strip it back. Mm. Have you got emergency funds there? If something was to major to happen, have you got any money there? How many much money have you got in the savings? So some of us look the part, mm. you know, look very the part, but behind the closed doors, you 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 might be um, eating cornflakes for for yeah. dinner. Yeah, do you know and what I mean? Yeah, no, most definitely it's funny. So it's about changing that mm. because our next generation are following you. So I always believe that children do not follow what we say. They follow mm. what we do. So mm. so if you're saying to your child, read a book, you should read books, it's important, but they've never seen you read a book. How 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 does yeah. that hold any weight? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's that it's that type of thing. So you have to you have to be seeing someone doing something to be able to aspire to that. We need to be setting the foundations that the next generation are able to have a step up. So I believe in Children, the next generation should always have a step up in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone builds on that step and builds and builds. And unfortunately, that's not happening. And that's what I want to change in yeah. the community for people to see that we need to be being examples and, and setting up generational wealth, setting up things that we can pass on to the next generation so we can grow as a community. So like with the work that you do, how do you, because obviously it's about, like getting it out there and people seeing the work that you mm -hmm. do. How do you promote the work that you do? Obviously, um, you're in the the industries that you're in, but mm -hmm. how do you get it out there for more, create more awareness? More awareness. A lot of that, I use my social media a lot. Mm. Um, and I'm very, who I am is who I am. Mm. So I, I, you know, I speak my truth through social media. And through that, I get a lot of recommendations. So a lot of the times when people think of, you know, they want someone to talk about finances, my name will be called. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good thing because people's heard me speak they've got something from it. So then they recommend me to someone else. So uh, social media has done, mm. you know, wonders in terms of um, reach the out, the, the outreach mm. um, as well. And then, yeah, so it's recommendations a lot okay. of the times um, from hearing me speak or seeing me speak as well. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So like, you know what, where you just said that, we're talking about finance. We've been speaking about finance. So like, Everyone, I, well, not everyone I know, but a lot of people that I know at the moment are like, yeah, Bitcoin, you've got to do this. This mm -hmm. is the way forward and mm -hmm. whatnot. What's your opinion on Bitcoin? What's your so I feel like in any form of investment or any form of something new, you need to do your own due diligence. Mm. So... Yeah, I do have Bitcoin. So I have I didn't know anything about it when I invested the first because mm. it's still not something that I've, I've been able to... I've invested in other areas, but the Bitcoin's a bit... Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even though I did invest because yeah, I thought yeah, I'm not yeah, being left out. Me, yeah, so I yeah, did yeah, put something in, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I even forgot about what yeah, I put in because yeah. I, I bought Bitcoin, I think, in 2018. Yeah. Only a little small something like yeah. £500. Yeah, just yeah, put yeah. something in yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I forgot about it. And yeah. I don't know if you remember the story where that guy had 200 and something million, I think, in Bitcoin, but he couldn't find his password to access his wallet. Mental. Yeah, and he had one more chance. And I'm not sure if he lost it, but he couldn't get access yeah. to the account. And that made me feel like, oh, I've got a bit of Bitcoin. Where's yeah, my yeah. account? And I remember digging up all my um, journals and I had the 12 word password in my journal and I'm able to access my account. So I put 500 pounds in. I think it's worth like 4,000 something now. Yeah. So it's not a bad little It's not a bad, bad little, little earner, 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 So, but in any form of investment, you need to do your own due diligence. You have to understand it yourself mm. personally. Um, and don't 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 invest nothing that you're not prepared to lose. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Anytime you invest sense. money, it has to be what you're prepared to lose. Not that you're going to lose it. I don't want you to have the mindset, oh, I'm going to lose yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you never invest anything that you're not prepared to lose as well. Because when you invest, there's it's, there's ups and downs. Mm. And some people ain't risk averse. So I've got investments now and because of the pandemic, they're all in the red. But yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Because yeah. as we climb out, I'm hoping they... Get back yeah, in the green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. they're long term. They're not short term. Yeah. But anything we do, we need to do it with some due diligence. All right, cool. Yeah. In terms of the work you do, so obviously you're saying about working, like doing finances and whatnot. Mm -hmm. How is it for you as a, I don't know, as a, as a woman, mm -hmm. and particularly a black woman, yeah. the space that you work in, has it been working within the community or has it been working in spaces that are predominantly white? Mm -hmm. What sort of spaces have you been working in and how has it been for you mm -hmm. to be able to navigate within yeah. those spaces? There's been, there's been mixture. Predominantly I've been in the community. I've been in corporate organisations where I'm invited to speak to the, the staff members. That's what, and what is that yeah. like, like being in those corporate environments? Yeah. Like as a woman, as a black woman, yeah. what has it been like navigating in that space? Um, for me, it's not been, I've, I've, I found it, 
it's it's been okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've not found any challenges in it. And and again, I don't know if that's because of when I've been invited to come in or on commission to go into what I come in to do a job. Um yeah. and obviously they need the services. There there's people there who need what I'm I'm giving. Um yeah. so yeah, so it's not been I haven't found it challenging. Mm-hmm. Um what I do find challenging sometimes is that it's how many people that you don't realise that are are have having financial difficulties mm. and especially in this pandemic time when the when the crisis first happened with covid the the light was shone upon health yeah. but the light was also shone that people weren't prepared for a crisis um mm. losing their jobs not having emergency funds not having any money in the savings where and it has a major impact on your health as yeah. well so money is you know has a major connection with your health yeah. with your well-being with your mental health if your finances is not in the in, in the right place or able or or the foundations ain't right yeah um for and your for, for your living so what like like you're saying about the pandemic and what not this happened what would be i don't know like so what would be your let's say you're doing facilitation now mm. what would be your advice to some people like this gone through some of these mm-hmm. things that are really struggling throughout mm-hmm. this pandemic financially mentally yeah what advice would you give to those people so, so one of the key things i'd say is to be starting to look at your own personal finances now how can we re- start reducing things um looking at things like your utility bills how are you able to switch providers are you able to um yeah switch providers to reduce bills start looking at how are you able to um, eliminate your debt start looking at clearing debt and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, savings budgeting as well budgeting is crucial in in all manners of finances so those are the things I think that people need to start looking at what things are we able to cut back on so 21st Mm -hmm. of June people's going to be back out like shops open do you remember the pandemic first happened um, I, I set a task for a lot of people in, in my community of you are at home now so you might be used to traveling mm. working um, going to after work drinks restaurants now you're not able to do that S- calculate that all that up and how much money could you be saving yeah yeah mm. how much money you could be saving mm-hmm. um, and looking at things differently in that sense the first lockdown when it opens soon as the shops were open what did you see queues yeah 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 yeah, yeah. queues around shops right so it's about trying to see if we can change that mindset of a consumer mentality Mm -hmm. um, and try and thinking about how we can use that money to help us build more money Mm -hmm. starting a business investing in yourself um, things like that yeah so all right so let's just say so you're saying like starting a business because people like well not let me not generalize but sometimes I know even when I was younger I might have a bit of money, but I don't really know where to go. Mm-hmm. I might have an idea. I want to do a cooking business. I want to mm-hmm. do takeaways or whatnot, but I don't know where to go to actually start that mm-hmm. business. What would your advice be like yeah. in terms of starting a business? Because you might have the idea. Do you know what? I'm not being funny enough. I think like the internet is full of information. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's nothing you can't find nowadays mm-hmm. without even on YouTube. YouTube's got everything for you to just have the beginnings of learning something. So there's not really, for me now, there's, I don't think there's any excuse for if you've got an idea that you want to start baking, you can go straight onto YouTube and, and learn how to bake, learn how to ice, learn how to, you know, present your product. Yeah. You can find it everywhere. And then obviously, you know, you've got social media that can navigate people to help you as well. So I feel like there's a lot more support out there for you wanting to start something now, as opposed to maybe 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Does that yeah, make no, sense? It definitely does. It yeah. Definitely so does. now you've got a lot more. You can go on YouTube and find anything. Even now, yeah. if I've, you know, even little things like editing my videos, yeah. I'm not good at all the yeah, techie yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. I want to know, yeah. I go on YouTube and say, yeah, "How do you do X, Y, and yeah. Z?" And I'm gonna find it. Makes sense. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. In terms of, so you said like growing up, you didn't really have much like positive influences mm-hmm. that were r- around you. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of now, has there been some major influences? that have been around you that you would say, you know what, I don't know, it might be a character that inspired you or yeah. Um Yeah, I think now there's so many different women doing fantastic things, men doing fantastic things that I feel like 
there is people who inspire me. So there's loads of people who inspire me, make me, you know, want to strive to do better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you see other black women doing great things that you are able to aspire to say, actually, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. If she's mm-hmm. there, I'm, I'm going to be able to try and, and do great things. So I have different mentors for different things in life now. Mm-hmm. So I have a business mentor, I have a spiritual mentor, mm-hmm. you know, I have a financial mentor. So there's different mentors that I have now that feeds into different aspects of my life. I have a well-being mentor. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, now yeah. I seek those people yeah. that can help different aspects of my life. Because for me, the learning process is never over in yeah, life until until yeah. the day the maker takes you. You're always forever learning um, and developing. So I'm I'm a student of life. As well as people find me as a teacher, I'm also a student. I can learn from you the same way you can learn from me. Mm-hmm. I never feel like there's nobody I can learn from. I can learn from a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always I've yeah. got I'm a student of life. Yeah, okay. I mm. see like when we've been talking a few times, you've touched on God and spirituality. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's something that's quite close to you. Yeah. Do you want to like delve into that a little bit? Um, yeah. So I believe in, I believe there's a God, there's a maker. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very spiritual in a sense where I always seek guidance before I do anything. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm very grateful for everything. So for example, um, I write down, I'm, three things I'm grateful for every morning when I wake up. Okay. I write down one thing that's positive that's happened in the last 24 hours. Now, some people might say, you sure something positive can always happen? Yeah, there is. I woke up this morning is a positive thing. I can see, I can smell, I can taste, I can walk. Tell me the three things that you wrote today. So the three things I wrote today is that I've just got my house renovated. So the floor's down now. So I was grateful that my floor is finally down. Um, I'm grateful this morning that um, my daughter came in the room and just told me, I love you, mum. So So that was a nice thing and then I also said I'm grateful for the opportunity that I'm coming to have a podcast today yeah. so that that yeah. was one of the three things that I yeah. woke up grateful for um so there's always something and I find that when you give gratitude in life you always have more things to be grateful for mm. um so in that sense yeah I, I'm connected I like okay. to feel like I'm connected to the source connected to nature connected to God and yeah. I I always see the good in things if that yeah. makes sense no, I'll try and make sure I see the good things, yeah, yeah, good no, in things because it just makes your life better so even like with this COVID thing people like sometimes I feel a bit ignorant because I didn't switch on the news hardly so yeah, I don't listen to the like, media to be honest I'm not I'm, I'm not, not in it like yeah. everyone you know what even like this podcast like yeah. seriously like we was having a conversation it's an idea that we had from before but even how this come about it's just like everyone's got an opinion everyone's mm. got something to say so I just thought to myself you know what let's like go within the community yeah let's hear what the people that are qualified that have been doing this for quite some time like yourself let's hear what you've got to say you know what i mean we're at that time right now when it's about getting as much information as much knowledge as we can and i feel like even for myself the thing that i've learned even more so is i'm very in the middle Mm -hmm. i'm not if you want to get the vaccine fair play to you if you don't want to get it don't get it. I'm not going to be one of those people like, but why? Why, why, why yeah. are you getting the vaccine? Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You yeah. shouldn't be doing that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's always an argument and I yes. feel like what I've noticed even more throughout all of this is that we're very divided. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've noticed that we're, for me, that we're so divided as people and like, we have everyone that follows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you've got the right and you've got the left, but it's where you... I go with the left sometimes and yeah, I go with the right yeah. sometimes. Do you know what I mean? That's where I'm It's at. what feels good to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What works for you. Yeah, what feels you know good what and works for you. And I feel like in, in life, as you said, like a lot of us don't do our own research. Mm. We just hear something and then we run with that. And it's about doing your own research sometimes, just having mm. your own. Im- and that's how the media is. This is how mm. the world is nowadays. Mm. We're not... We're not free thinkers, and yeah. and that's how the world's meant. We've got all the social media. Yeah. We're we're bombarded yeah. with stuff yeah. that's yeah. to form your thought process. Yeah. And unless you try and fight out of that and say, but actually, why should I think that? Yeah. What, what what if I think yeah. the other way? Yeah. Like, let me do my own research. Yeah. A lot of the time, no, you hear things, you see things, and you're like, that's gospel. And then you start talking exactly, about it. Exactly that. Like you just hear it, and yeah. then I'm saying it to yeah. I'm saying it to Nat or to D. That's I'm like, it. yeah, you know, it's this, right. and like, I haven't been checked if it's real. Exactly. Do you exactly. Know what I mean? yeah. So we need to be doing a lot more um, critical thinking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. I suppose well. you've had this conversation. I'm, I'm sure we've all had this conversation because mm-hmm. we're talking about this now. Yeah. So. Are you going to ask me if I'm getting a vaccine? No, 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 no. I don't think you are, but no, no, I'm not going to ask you. But um, in terms of this whole COVID mm-hmm. pandemic, 
Plandemic. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm just here. That's all I can yeah, say. I'm yeah, just here, yeah, really. I'm yeah, getting yeah. on with it. Do you know what I mean? We're part of it. We're yeah, part of yeah, this history. Part, yeah. What's your What's your feeling like? Like in terms of what are your thoughts? Wait, you know what? I'm gonna say. Tell me your feeling. Give me a feeling, and then tell me your thoughts. So everything that's going on. What's the feeling you have, and then what are your thoughts on this? My feeling is there's a lot of control. Yeah, my feelings, mm. there's a lot of lot of control now. And then my thoughts are we're in a new uh, we're in a new world now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? We're yeah. in we're in a new way of being now. Yeah. So where people feel like I can't wait to get back to normal, that normal that you knew before mm. is gone. Yeah. We're yeah. in a new normal now. Mm-hmm. So we're in a new way of living. Now, I don't know how that's going to pan out, but I can see that there's a lot of control, a lot of, um, what's the word? Yeah, I'll, I'll just call it control. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be a lot of control on the things you can and cannot do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So now I'm even in the process of thinking, am I ever going to travel again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm I, I'm a traveler. I like to travel yeah. three, four times throughout the yeah, year. Yeah. But now, if I'm told I can't travel unless yeah. I have a vaccine, mm-hmm. am I going to be traveling anymore? Mm-hmm. That's a decision I'm going to make because that that puts me in a, a, a controlled space. Like, am I going to conform? And then mm. that's the only way I'm going to be allowed out the country because I've got a, pa- a vaccine passport. If that does happen, mm-hmm. but from what I'm reading and researching, it seems like that's the route that it may be going now these are decisions that we're going to have to be have to be making as well mm-hmm. so um i just feel i'm i'm more just waiting to see how this is going to yeah, pan out how this pans out okay. how this pans out yeah and specifically for the community that you work with mm-hmm. what are the things that you've seen in terms of how this pandemic has affected the communities that you work mm-hmm. with what are the things that have been really apparent for you um if i bring it back down to to finances and well-being, I think it's impacted a lot of people's well-being, their mental, um, their mental health as well. Um, especially when you're bombarded all the day with negative news, negative news, negative news. Um, it's had a huge impact on, on on not only just adults, children as well. But would you say, like, what I'm trying to get at? Would you say specifically the communities that you work with, mm-hmm. the ones that you're empowering? Mm-hmm. Would you say that more so than maybe other communities? Um, I can only speak for the community that yeah, I'm in, yeah, yeah. to be fair, right? Yeah. Um, and the pandemic has hit a lot of people hard in terms of job losses, losing family members, um, you know, their finances, whether, you know, the poverty levels have, 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 have dropped as well. Mm-hmm. So there's, 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 there's a lot of work to be doing and there's a lot of suffering at the same time. Yeah, mm. a lot of people that you wouldn't have thought might need food banks that I know are using food banks that you would have never mm. expected to be yeah. using food banks. Yeah. You know, so it's had a major impact on a, a lot, a, a lot of lives. Yeah. I wouldn't say just in the black community, but because I work within a black community, I see it. I see it a lot as well. Yeah. But it's had an, a major impact on all, all, all lives. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to touch on. I wanted to touch on the prison stuff that you said that you do. Like, So like, just tell me, what does that look like in terms of okay. when you're in the prisons and that? So I work with an organisation called Safety Box. Um, I'm mm. one of their facilitators. So they have a programme called Aspire Hire. Mm. where we go into the prisons and do a programme with a like group of young men. And it's all about violence reduction. So teaching different perspectives. So about personal development, understanding what... Um, how you can actually try and change yourself. Do you get what I mean? How yeah. you can look out for, are you a follower? Are you a leader? So to giving that kind of perspective to say, look, in your circumstances, are you a follower? Are you a leader? Do you want mm. to be a follower? How can you change your life? Because sometimes you don't have any, what's the word? You haven't got any other, um, like what we was talking about earlier, there's no other model for you to do. You only know one way. So it's about giving another perspective that, you know what, you are able to change your life. You know, you are able to go in a different direction, but you need to believe in you. You need to see like, have you got a family? What do you want for your family? Do you want your son to become doing the same, being here with you? Are you a follower? Are you a leader? So we go through a number of personal development things. Is that easy? Because in terms of, I think about some of the programs when I was younger, someone, all right, 
boom, you're coming to me. Mm. You know what? I want you to stop being on the road because this is all you're going to get is prison mm. or you're going to be dead. Bro. And I'm just like, yeah, who's but- this old guy talking yeah. to? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm banging right yeah, now. Yeah. So I'm saying you can hear that. Yeah. But is it easy is like it- that? How do you, how do you break through? Yeah, and I, I don't think it's... you also, being someone that's a product of certain things that some of these people have been through, mm-hmm. how's that for you? Because I know that that must be conflicting as well. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? When you you recognise things that you've been through yeah. yourself. Yeah. So how's that? I it's think probably I, two questions I'm asking. Yeah, it's not easy. But what you've got to remember is everybody, if they're at that level where they're prepared that they want something different, then they're going to receive it. Some people are not going to receive it at all. They might take some in, but if you're at a point where I want something different for my life, you're going to be open for change. But in you're, prison, sometimes you just want to get out of your pad. Do you get what I mean? Get sometimes that, you just want to get out of your pad no, and just that. like, yeah, this is a bit of time for me to talk a <laughs> yeah. bit of shit. And yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? No, I so hear that. Like, I hear that. Do you get what I mean? And like, I, no, we get that as well. Yeah. But I think the difference with this program is that the facilitators have all gone through things. So we're not these professors or these people yeah. who's not from the roads real and not the real lived experiences. When we're talking, there's there's the, uh, the element of credibility there. There's mm. that element of understanding what you're going through or what you've been through. So we understand. So for example, when I give my testimony, I don't give it to the end, to mm. the end of the program. And then they're like, raw, miss, mm. I wouldn't have expected that when I told them my story. They're like, wow. And they, they, then there's a, that level of raw, wow. Um, but throughout, so even that, that, that element when I'm in there, don't call me miss, my name's Paula. Mm. Your name's not Johnson. And what's your name? Mm. Do you get what I mean? Even that level mm. of understanding and that builds up that rapport that when they are hearing, going through the whole program, there's a level of respect there and they do receive some stuff. I've seen, I've seen young men, seriously, young men who's probably done some serious things yeah. change before my whole eyes by yeah. the end of the program. How? Now, I don't know if they're going to, sorry to cut no, your shelves. I don't know if they're going to maintain that or not but I physically can see the change yeah. I've, I've physically seen that they've said raw when we've gone in the next day there was a little madness that went on but they reframed from getting yeah, into getting it into where they it, normally yeah. would have got so that's the that's out. the kind of change that we're trying yeah. to for them to see like that that you getting involved can be you staying in there for three months longer you trying to resist and say you know what you've got a goal a purpose mm. you want to get out of it stay out of it and we've seen that that some of the young men have got into things that they've not not got into things that things could have happened that could they have resisted right that's but, it you know, what I'm trying to find out now when I'm digging into it how does that because you're empowering young men mm-hmm. women but you've got your own story that you've been through so there must have been I'm sure times where it's a bit conflicting because it's close to home mm-hmm. how is that can you give me any incidences when it's that really touched upon you mm-hmm. in terms of some of the things you, you've been through like mm-hmm. you said about oh, having a parent being on drugs mm-hmm. so I'm sure you've come across young people mm-hmm. like that. Has it taken you back to that place? How was it actually, I want to know about but, how it's affected you. you. All right, there's there's two things. And I think this, this is a crucial point. You see, for myself, I've always, throughout life, I've, as I said in the beginning of this conversation, I've never looked to myself of poor Paula the victim. So I've healed throughout things. So mm. I'm able to get into things that might, you know, trigger me, but not be impacted or affected in that way because Mm -hmm. I've kind of healed through the journey. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when I say to them at the end of the thingy, well, one of you little man there could have been the person shot in to my parent. Do you Mm -hmm. get what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, it, they look at it like, wow, wow. Or, but for me, it's like, I've never been closed about it. I would tell you my life story before you could throw that in my face. Does that make sense? Mm. So I would tell, you know, I would say to you like, well, my mom takes drugs before you can tell me my mom takes drugs. Mm -hmm. Mm. Does that make sense? sense. But you see in terms of with that, so I I just think I could be someone that would proper like, you know what, I can't stand drug dealers Mm. because my Mm. mom was on this Mm. and by my mom being on that, Mm. that made me have to look after my siblings. That made my life really mm, shit at mm, one point. Mm, mm, Do you get what I'm mm, saying? It made mm. me go through things I didn't have to go through yeah. because you want to make money and you want to shop. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had those feelings? Is it, yeah. like, does it ever... Do you know what I mean? Because I know some of the work I do, does it ever yeah. take you to a place where... I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes you can feel... But then sometimes you can feel like that. But I don't know if it's just the way I am. I, but I, when you have felt like that, yeah. when you have felt in that place, I'm not trying to yeah. victimise you at all. No, because I, I just... You're yeah. definitely not that person. Yeah. That, so, but I'm saying, when you have felt like that, 
What do you do? Because we all have those days, yeah. like, no matter what, like, when we look at certain things we may have been through in life, yeah. and, whether it be a relationship, growing up, it, like, some trauma. Yeah. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah. coming sometimes where we're coming from, you don't always realise the, the madness that yeah. you've been through. Yeah. So no, true. when you're in that space when, no, because it never leaves, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's at the surface. No, yes. How do you, like, what do you do? And I'm not talking about not you not victimising yourself. Yeah. Because I think what I'm trying to get at is... All right, let me give you an example. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I'm taking this away. Mother's Day just went. Mm. Mother's Day is a day for me that I'm glad because my daughters celebrate me and I've got a beautiful relationship. So I'm happy in one sense. In the other sense, I feel sad because I wish I had my mum around. You get what I mean? I wish I had the um, good relationship. Sometimes I feel like, boy, I don't want to cook Sunday. I wish I can go around my mum's. Do you get what mm. I mean? So in those kind of aspects, I feel it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, in in other aspects, I I don't like what you're just explaining. Like you know, do I do I hate drug dealers and da 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 da? Sometimes I don't think of it like that because yeah. now I still then I turn around and I start and because I I feel a lot of things. I feel things. I think mm-hmm. what turned them to do it? Are they trying to feed their family while they're selling drugs mm-hmm. or you know what what situation turned them to do it I've been in prison speaking to a, a young person and they said their dad gave them a cue a white cue a brown and said raw money after mech yeah one of them ones he's young Same he's a child exactly so is that his fault that that's what happened to him it's like child soldiers you know like I'm from Sierra Leone so like we had a civil war over there and I remember like going over there and like, I'll be with my cousin this mm-hmm. is after the war my cousin would say to me oh yeah you know my man's a rebel and I'll be like mm-hmm. what I was, so why are you just like saying hello to him and letting yeah. him walk around? You know the madness they've done. Yeah. And he was like, no, not really, in it. The government said, like, allowed him. But then when he explained it to me, it's like what you're saying in terms of you're young, you're a mm. kid, you're 10 years old. People come to you and say, all right, take these drugs and shoot this gun. Mm. They're kids. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're saying that same point. Like it's what you're seeing. It's mm-hmm. what you know. Mm-hmm. So like, it's the same point as in in terms of take these drugs, just go and do that. Mm. That's your role model. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the person you look to. So you, that's your environment and that's, the, I suppose, nature and nurture. Yeah. So looking at, all right, so we've had a vast, <laughs> brilliant right, conversation. Yeah. All right, so I want to ask you one more question. All right, so, cool, cool. You sure it's the yeah, last one, Charlie? Yeah, I might all right. chuck in a couple more. <laughs> all I might. Right. I don't know. I'm enjoying the conversation. Right. So looking at um, one of the things that we do, so looking at everything that's going on mm-hmm. in the current climate. Yeah. If you could be, if you could be a weather, you could be whatever type of weather, mm-hmm. what weather would you be and why? Oh, this is easy for me. I'd be summertime. Yeah. Not really. I'd be summer yeah. because everyone's got a good vibe in the summer. The yeah. sun's coming down. You feel good about yourself. There's, you know, when summertime comes, you feel good. You, you want to take out the white T-shirt, the glasses, yeah. the shade. You feel good. You're playing them nice music. People are having barbecues. People are, you know, communicating with each other. People yeah. are, you know, you're having a good time. So for myself, it would be summer because I feel like summer brings out the best in people. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's Thank been a pleasure. Much. Thank you for having Cheers. me. Thank you. Cheers.